0: And now, Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey.
1: Welcome to the show, folks. I'm Tony Gismondi. And I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, Casey, you, do you have any idea that it's Christmas in like four weeks? Oh,
2: I know. I can't I mean, believe it. Oh, my
1: God. I can't believe how fast it's here. I'm and panicking. I've got
2: 60 gifts to come up Yeah,
1: you better get going on in that. a couple of weeks. I've only got one or two that I better come up with. You better. But uh, it's time. I'll send it to you. Uh, lots going on on today's show. Uh, Mary McDermott will join us. Uh, on the show today. She's the winemaker at Township 7. Uh, big score with their win in London, uh, England, Casey, with uh, their new wine, the 2016 Township 7, 7 Stars Polaris. We're going to taste that uh, on air today with all our guests and then uh, chat to Mary about it. Uh, she's doing a great job over there with the uh, sparkling wine program at Township 7, so we'll we'll touch on that. Uh, we're going to catch up with our old friend David Lawrence and not so much about wine today but about Canada's great kitchen party in Kelowna. Uh, it's a fun thing, Casey. They have a, a bunch of chefs, I think eight. Eight
2: chefs. And uh, the ticket includes an incredible evening VIP Jim, cocktail reception. Uh,
1: Cuddy, all these people playing music. And you, you can wander around. The chefs prepare these eight dishes. You get to vote. Uh, there's there's professional voting. Then there's also the you get a chance to say which dish you like, too. Uh, it's the re—it's the reimagination in some ways of uh, the previous uh, gold medal plates. Yes, this is the final exactly one for the right. year, and then I think the championships are in Ottawa. So we'll talk to Dave about that, and then uh, we're going to have fun. We have the Olson—I was going to say the Olson twins, but no—we have uh, we have Michael Olson and Anna Olson on the show today uh, to talk about their different books, respectively. Of course, Anna. Uh, Set for the Holidays, Uh, she's going to tell us about a big award. This uh, book that she put out last year has won. And talk about entertaining and slowing down a bit, I guess, for the holidays.
2: a butter tart buffet.
1: Yeah, a butter tart buffet. Uh, That sounds amazing. And then uh, Michael Olson, uh, Living High Off the Hog, one of the great names uh, I've heard for a cookbook uh, lately, talking about all things pork. It's a—it's actually a wonderful book. Uh, uh, s- simple. I like books that have... I mean, they're simple. I say simple. They're well-written and easy-to-understand recipes. And
2: he gives us a way to entertain where you put... A ham in the oven at midnight, and the next day you have a fantastic easy dinner.
1: Yep, all that on the show today, and then you're leaving. You're going up to Whistler uh, to do some judging.
2: I am, Tony. I've been judging for nine years in the Bloody Caesar competition up at Barefoot Bistro. It is the party of the year. Amazing. Basically, you take a wedge of uh, lime, run it around a highball glass with celery salt, dipped... And then you add vodka and Clamato juice, season with Worcester, Tabasco. And your hangover disappears. That's how you're supposed to do it. You would not believe what they do. They've done everything from sushi.
1: Everything but that.
2: To a hamburger on a stick sitting in a Caesar.
1: Well, we know Andre at the Barefoot Bistro, Uh, he never does anything in a small way, so that should be fun.
2: It is. It's a real fun party on Sunday.
1: Okay, all that and more coming up uh, on today's show on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Folks, by the way, you can now find us on iTunes. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part
0: by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods.
3: The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards, plus there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. To fully appreciate the Okanagan in autumn, visit Tinhorn Creek Vineyards during their fall harvest. Settle into a relaxing tasting experience amid the stunning vistas of the valley. For something really unique, watch all the crush pad action from their public viewing gallery while enjoying a glass of wine. Take in a tour and grab a bite at their award-winning Miradoro restaurant to complete a perfect fall day in wine country. Get a crush on Tinhorn Creek. For more information or upcoming events, visit Tinhorn.com.
4: Join BC Food and Wine Radio at the 42nd Vancouver International Wine Festival, February 27th to 29th. Advanced tickets for International Festival tastings, Delta Airlines Tasting Lounge and Gold Passes are on sale now. For a free International Festival Tasting ticket worth up to $115, choose from four sessions. Book a downtown hotel via stayvancouverhotels.com by February 13th. Details are at vanwinefest.ca. Limited supply, so book now. And to win tickets to the Friday Evening Tasting, listen to this station. Come see Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson talking with international and BC Vine stars in the tasting room at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Don't wine and drive. The upper bench of BC Similkameen Valley. For those in the know, it's a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. And it's here. Nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clodisole Winery surrounded by an idyllic organic vineyard using natural ferments and small artisanal winemaking they produce elegant and age-worthy wines that reflect their unique land you can find Clos wines in fine wine shops and restaurants across the province or order online at closdesoleil.ca
0: now back to BC Food and Wine Radio here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson
1: Welcome back to the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we've got two big segments coming up, with uh, both with chef authors. Uh, they actually live together, folks. Uh, or at least we'll find out if they do. I think mostly <laughs> they just work. Uh, chef Michael Olson joins us with his new book, uh, Living High Off the Hog, and Anna Olson. Uh, set for the holidays, uh, also in studio. Welcome to uh, Vancouver. Thank, Thank you. you. Very Great happy to have to be you here. here. Uh, is it snowing already back there?
5: They, we keep getting reports that are followed by sad crying emojis. So, <laughs>
2: yes, it is indeed winter. <laughs> uh, Snow in Toronto. <laughs> yeah.
1: But there's still Niagara.
2: There's
5: still Cab Franc hanging.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm, there really. it is. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's amazing. And it's that's not probably intended. Not good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh well living high off the hog that's just such a fantastic name was that an easy uh, get or did it how did that happen
5: it, the the original title was a look through the butcher shop window yeah. and our publisher suggested that I focus on one meat so i had a whole barn full of puns waiting in the uh-huh. in the background so i i went with that and i think it's more of um An approach that Anna and I have to life. So instead of referring to choosing luxurious items or more expensive things, as the original reference was, it's the way we approach every day and it's getting the most out of everything. Yeah. If I was with her in a tent eating wieners and beans, I'd be just as happy as I am otherwise.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so nice.
4: (laughs) Can I still bring cookies? Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Well, Living
2: living High Off the Hog, I love the title, and I love the book. It's a fantastic book. It is so approachable, and I like how you start. Like, what is the deal with well-done pork? <laughs> Did we grow up with that?
5: I recall the screen door sla- yeah. slamming behind me, going fishing with some, I don't know, bacon or something, and my mother shouting, Don't eat that, or you'll Die. get worms. Get worms. Oh, get worms, exactly. So, of course... You know, growing up, where pork was treated like halfway between yeah. raw turkey and poison, yeah. you had to yes. buy it and cook it thoroughly.
1: And the oven door would open and it would close, and it would open yeah. and it would close, and it's not ready. It's not ready to come out, and you could chew it for like five True, days.
5: But I mean, th- there there was you know decades ago an issue with trichinosis, which yes led people there to was. have to thoroughly cook pork to kill any traces of that. But it, it's no longer part of. Canadian pork because the feed is so regimented. Ag- agriculture has become so sophisticated and we have such an amazing clean food system in Canada that pork is entirely safe. Mm-hmm. And nowadays when I'm doing a lean roast like a loin roast yes. I would cook it to 145 Fahrenheit let it rest for five minutes and slice it and it's delicious.
2: And do you remember when it was called the new white meat? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that was just what you're talking about how it changed and they decided to... I mean,
5: pork uh, especially the apricots are quite lean and that's why people often say gee you know, I, I bought a pork roast and I, it was dry well yeah because you cooked it forever and, it, and of course it dried out and mm-hmm.
4: to give you a visual cue if you cook that pork loin roast to 145 and let it rest 5-10 minutes when you slice into it there is no pink it is white and the juices run clear yep. but the good news is you're seeing those juices yeah. exactly e-
5: even though I know that if I wanted to push it a little bit, it's entirely safe. There's no way in the world that I'm going to convince my mother-in-law to have a medium rare pork roast. It, no. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> but you, do, could. Yeah, oh, you could. Yeah, you could, yeah. But I'll, I'll choose a different battle for today. Yes, exactly.
2: And back to bacon, do you have a favorite way to, to cook bacon?
5: Fully clothed. Um, <laughs> I, it, it depends on how much. So if it's a you know, a few slices, it's just in a, in a pan yes. uh, over medium heat. However, if I had to do a lot of it, I would line a parchment, uh, like a, a parchment-lined baking tray and cook it in the oven, and if I wanted it to, to be absolutely flat, I would cook it in between layers of parchment with another tray on top, but for the most part, I don't cook that much bacon. Yes. Um, so, I, you know, if I was doing breakfast or something, I'd just do it in a skillet over medium heat.
1: Okay, nothing, sh- nothing complicated. Michael, where does uh, how does pork fit in the the beef, uh, chicken s- spectrum? Or today, like
2: popularity? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. politically? Oh, no. popularity. popularity. Yeah. Well, um, both. <laughs> pork uh,
5: is very popular. There, there are ex- obvious exclusions if you're n- not a meat eater or yeah. if you live live. Uh, a, a faith life that says no pork allowed, but mm-hmm. other than that, it's I, I would say it's ubiquitous with Canadian cooking because it's available everywhere. It's also very economical. So to buy um, some great quality protein in the meat form, pork is quite a winner, and it's super versatile. So when I think of you know nothing against chicken, but I can say chicken can be limited because there are wings and breasts and legs. Yes. But when it comes to pork, there are so many different cuts ranging in terms of, you know, how to approach cooking them, uh, how to flavor. They take on flavorings very well. And I actually find that it's it's an easier meat to digest, let's say, than beef. Like, I love a good beefsteak. Mm-hmm. But if it's a good beefsteak, I almost have a hangover from it because it's, it's a little harder to digest. Like, Much if you richer. get a really nicely marbled yeah. rib steak... Nowadays, we would share one, whereas 10 years ago, I would, you know, eat mine and then bamboozle Anna with something shiny and then eat the rest of hers. So nowadays, (laughs) we're getting less beef. Mm -hmm. But I I, I find it's a very versatile, easy to find, and easy to work with meat.
4: And if I can tell a story on Michael's behalf... The recipes from this book, well, I have tasted every single one, clearly, <laughs> yes. because we share a household. But <laughs> the recipes from this book, when Michael was working on it, fed an entire wine harvesting crew I during during harvest. Because it was when he was testing, and there were only two of us at home. And so we were producing these large-scale recipes, and you have to... You, it has to go somewhere, and so it was wine harvest, and Michael would make drop-offs all the time. To uh, they must th- have been thrilled. Yeah. No, nobody appreciates
5: food <laughs> more than right. people that are working a straight month of crushing, destemming, exactly and cleaning, and you know, if you're in the wine business, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm.
2: And I love like the recipes are amazing. Bacon cheddar shortbread, love that recipe. Can't wait to try it. Your bacon onion tart. Uh, just the photograph is incredible. Um, and you fed, and you and Anna fed your family members who had a band called The Five Minute Miracle.
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> My nephew Curtis uh, from Saskatoon would appear, that, when was that, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. That yeah. He traveled in a band called The Five Minute Miracle, and this Dodge van would appear every three months or so in these Dickens like waifs would emerge from this smelly van and we would fatten them up and, and get them set up again because, of course, they lived on Arby's, you know, for weeks on end. And we would get them full of nutrients and then toss them back on the road. And there was one meal that we'll never forget where we had this giant feast. I took all the leftover roasts and, you know, roasted peppers and arugula and all these things Crammed it into a giant Vienna loaf, similar to a muffuletta from New Orleans. Wow! And the the boys told us later that they ate it. The five guys passed it around from Fontail, Ontario, all the way to the Manitoba border. <laughs> and if you don't know that drive, <laughs> it's twenty four hours. Of it is a long drive. <laughs> so we we named the sandwich in their honor, and, it, and it's a, it's a muffuletta style. That's a showstopper, and it's a, a bit of a crowd pleaser. Wow.
2: I love the dirty lawyer ribs.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> we we have a friend who's a very enthusiastic fan of both food and wine. And he called me up one time and he said, don't hate me, but I've just cooked ribs in my Instapot. And I just thought, oh, Ross, <laughs> that and mopeds. Do not ever admit to your friends that you do that. <laughs> um, and so I thought, okay, let's give it a shot. So I gave it a try and I realized, wow, this is a really – To to get ribs done, everybody wants to, you know, sit back in a chair with a hound dog and a bourbon or something like that. But it takes four or five hours to cook ribs properly, as the barbecue guys say. So I gave it a shot and I was shocked at how good it turned out. It's forty five minutes in there.
4: Yeah, forty five minutes in the pot, forty minutes on the grill.
5: Not even that, twenty minutes. So, you know, you can get really great ribs in just over an hour. And and my response to Ross was I'll name, name this recipe after you. And by the way, I know why you do this. It's because you charge so much by the hour that you can't afford to pay yourself to cook ribs for four hours.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: wow. Well,
1: that's great. Uh, well, we're almost out of time. You're very passionate about uh, food sourcing and uh, what's happening. And in are you happy at the moment with what's going on in Canada and the way that we're yes developing no. I, that? I,
5: I, I think in some ways there's an all- time uh, high in terms of interest of choosing good foods and trying to make choices e- ethically and in mm-hmm. a healthful way. But we're also at a time where a lot of people are ordering out more than ever. I mean, the the rumble in Toronto these days is they're saying all these new condos we're building, we're not even going to bother putting an oven in there because nobody uses it anyway. Yeah. And yeah. I, I see that as a bit of a detriment because I think that it totally is so many of the good things in life happen over discussions around the table yes. and, you know, it, it can be with strangers or people you don't agree with necessarily or loved ones, but sharing food is not exactly a new thing and it's, it's a great way mm. to to be a civilized society and i'd love to see people enjoying it and appreciating it more
1: imagine people actually having a discussion with other people who maybe they don't agree with them on a topic it's uh what what are
5: you talking about
1: yeah (laughs) (coughs) we have to take a quick break there's plenty more to come michael's going to stick around anna's going to join us now for uh, a chat about her new book and it's all happening next on the bc food and wine radio network there's more to come this is the bc food and wine radio network
0: presented in part by wines of british columbia at Savon foods
5: if you could
3: create your dream home would it be a friendly thriving community with endless amenities would it have countless events to liven up your week Is it a place where looking out your window takes your breath away? Well, don't dream, because Predator Ridge already created it. Experience unparalleled Okanagan living with homes starting at 675,000 and over a 1,000 year-round events to fill your social calendar. Test drive the Predator Ridge lifestyle today. See the latest offers at PredatorRidge.com. Tony Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. We have a large wine club, and I think it's really important. Wine clubs are important because they're your best ambassador. You know, they're going to somebody's house for a dinner party, and they're bringing your wine, right? And then they talk about your wine, and a lot of them are so passionate about it. You know, it's exactly what I, as the owner,
0: would do, but they're wine club members, and they're doing it for me. Join the club and take advantage. Become a member at poplargrove.ca.
7: Come and get
4: married in the land of Ing at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyas. Beachfront on Osuyas Lake, Canada's warmest lake. One stop for all your wedding dreams. Gorgeous lakefront suites at Watermark Beach Resort. For you, your family, and your friends. Farm-to-table South Okanagan cuisine. Dining and whining, laughing and celebrating. Deep in wine country. <laughs> Connect today. Weddings at watermarkbeachresort.com. Now
0: back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
3: Happy holidays! It's the holiday season. And Santa Claus. Is
2: Welcome back
1: to round the BC Food and Wine and Radio, radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi.
3: I'm
2: Casey Wilson. Uh, it
1: is the holiday Saturday, season, or at least it'll be on a, upon us very quickly. Uh, And to get set for the holidays, we have Anna Olson here with her uh, latest book now that's just won a lovely award, Mm -hmm. Uh, A Silver at Taste Canada. Canada. That's a big deal. Yes,
2: and it was on our top ten list for the year last year on BC Food and Wine. You have taste, cases. I have taste. (laughs) Uh,
1: Recipes to bring comfort and joy. Sounds like a, a song. <laughs> yeah. Well, after you
4: eat some of the food, hopefully you yeah. want to sing. So. It seems like we, it seems
1: like we all need more comfort and joy in our life, and uh, maybe food is the way to go.. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do you like what you're doing?
4: I love it. I love writing recipes. Mm-hmm. We cook to share. Be- between Michael and myself, I mean, this is our world. Here we are with two cookbooks. But I think it's it's important when we speak to people about taking that little bit of time. Um, especially as we gear up you know we like to put our checklists double in size around the holiday season Mm -hmm. and to actually stop for a minute make a meal sit down together as the Canada Food Guide tells us to yes Um, you know that's an important part of eating it's not just about counting calories and you know counting our vegetable portions we love our vegetables but it's the holiday time reminds us that it's time spent with family and friends that counts.
2: I'd at like th- to start with Michael's signature caesars, <laughs> which is in all your right.
4: book. That. I love that recipe. And
2: I do judging on caesars. Mm-hmm. I've done it up at Whistler for the last nine years. Ah. And when I, I thought I'd, I would had seen everything, just quickly tell us how to make a, or either you or Michael, how to make that fantastic signature caesar.
4: Well, the signature comes down to the jardinier vegetables. So... A good Caesar is partly about the garnishes. Yes. And so, what Michael did one time that started this is he took basic crudité-style vegetables—celery, carrots, uh, cucumbers—put them in a mason jar with a little garlic uh, and a little thyme. Pour the bottle of vodka <laughs> in the jar. Put it in the fridge, <laughs> yeah. so osmosis happens, and so the the vegetables take on the vodka flavor, some of the vegetable flavor goes into the vodka, so it really gives depth to your Caesar. Um, and it makes a delicious garnish. Just you got to make sure the kids don't <laughs> <I think so. laughs> eat in <Peaching laughs> it. That's not not the vegetables for the crew to take. Strangely yeah. healthy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah very healthy, it very uplifting. <laughs> Can't wait to have that Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing, both you and Michael, have in your books, you guys really know how to bake a ham. And <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I'm really not into buying a spiral ham mm-hmm. at a discount store. I mean, tell us what ham. How you choose
4: ham. Why don't you jump in on that one, Michael? Sure.
5: I, I have a soft spot uh, for ham because it was always, when I was a kid, it was always our Christmas Eve dinner. My, yes, I'm the youngest of seven. My mother would drag us to the United Church in Foam Lake, Saskatchewan. And we would race down the street because there was ham and scalloped potatoes.
2: <laughs> oh, it sounds so, so good.
5: what I look for is a bone-in smoked ham. And uh, that is a large Proposition because yeah. you know it'll weigh twenty pounds, but you can buy a section of it. I I would just recommend that if it's got the bone on it, it won't be processed. It won't have that kind of right baloney sort of looking right. like, deli ham. Yeah, but I, if it's on the bone, it'll typically be you know whole grain and less fiddled with. But we we roast it slowly, so if we have a full size one, we would put it into the oven at the latest part of the evening. So if you can managed to stay up till midnight, a very slow oven, and you wake up at uh, 8 a.m. and it just
1: falls off the bone. It's
5: like the garig of pig. All uh, right. The yes. whole, now we're talking. house is filled with yeah. this oh. beautiful... And, then, and that
4: connects to my family memory because ham in our house was the the Christmas morning dish. Mm-hmm. And so to right. wake up and smell ham in the morning meant wow. it was Christmas. And the was
2: this in the U.S.? I know you were born in the States.
4: But I grew up in Canada. Okay. So I grew up in Toronto, and it was just part of our family tradition. Um, but family would come stay with us. I came from a small family. Michael's the youngest of seven. But our smaller insular group would get together, and I, that's when I would connect with my grandma and bake cookies with her and... Um, yeah, some of the recipes in this book connect to both of our family mm. traditions, because as you grow as a family, you create new special memories, and those new recipes pop up and then become part of the new tradition.
1: We're speaking with Anna Olson and Michael Olson. Uh, Anna, set for the holidays, how do we not panic about getting ready and cooking, or how do we, do we make that part of getting ready, or...?
4: Well, if you love I mean, that, I mean, I see people, Oh, I haven't cooked anything.
1: I got to make cookies and I've got no time and this and that. How, how do you manage that? Well,
4: that, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, we tend to give ourselves these pressured checklists of things to yeah. do. Um, something that I included in Set for the Holidays that I think is worth noting in every single recipe, no matter how simple or complicated, has make ahead tips. So I will tell you what portion, or can the entire recipe f- be made ahead and frozen? Right. Can you assemble parts of the big meal ahead of time to mm-hmm. make uh, to shave time off of that moment? Sometimes preparing the big dinner um, is is about juggling oven space and stove space. You have to plan your menu. Yes, you do. So that all of a sudden you're not left holding the pot of be- green beans, going, "Well, where is this going to go?" Mm-hmm. Um, so part of Taking the stress off is knowing what you can do ahead of time. And just to point out, while I'm known for my baking, half of this book are savory recipes, the full menus, the appetizers. I find that's, do you agree, Michael? We get asked a lot about those, how to win in the appetizer category.
5: Oh, and people will ask, sorry, people will ask us, like, just give me one appetizer because they don't want to have that frozen. And I want to tell you which one
2: your
4: sausage dressing. Squares. Yes. Mm. That's an
6: unbelievable
4: easy <laughs> recipe. Right you know, I do, know. Do you have any, uh, <laughs> Anna? <laughs> wow. Well, the ease in that recipe is I took the baking principle of making squares, which yes. we do because they're easy. You prepare the, the dish in one bowl, you press it in a pan, you bake it, and you portion it and you get 24 portions exactly. out of one easy effort. So I applied that principle to appetizers. And so this takes... Pre-made, good-quality stuffing. You add a little maple syrup, a little cranberry, a little pistachio. You press it into the pan, and then you can do, if you want, a bacon weave on top. So I'm channeling my inner Michael here. Yes. And when you bake it and cut it into portions, it is just oh, it delectable. Wonderful. And you definitely can make that ahead and freeze it. Like
1: with 1990 Dom Perignon, that would be oh, I'm, so I, uh, good. All right. That would good. Be good. Uh, we better so come that's back. Good. That's kind of a high-low. <laughs> wow. I like your approach. That, is, <laughs> that sounds fantastic.
2: And I have never seen this before. Build a butter tart buffet. I mean, who would do a <laughs> butter tart buffet?
4: Tell us. How do you do that? I would go that? to one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, when you're having, if you're having that holiday open house, or you're opening your door to beyond your extended family, and you have to make something that pleases everyone, I mean, a butter tart is is wonderfully Canadian, but you know how political they can be. Raisins, no raisins. Oh, exactly. Walnuts, no walnuts. And so the butter tart buffet, um, you can make individual butter tarts, or what I do here in the book is make butter tart bars, but they're plain. No filling, but then you set out the dishes of whiskey-soaked raisins and maple-toasted walnuts mm. and salt butter roasted pecans. Maybe even some chopped cooked bacon or chocolate chips. And mm. then you put out, you put out ice cream or whipped cream, a little bit of sauce so everything can glue on. And you let people assemble their own dessert. And you know what I found is inevitably everybody they puts put everything, everything on. on yes, so exactly. I believe that. All, uh, yeah. All,
1: yeah. Solves the world's sort of problems. Preferences <laughs> disappear when they're standing yep. in front yeah.
5: of the landscape of toppings. I yeah. mean, if, if if I think of an easy out for an open house where I said the, the ham is too much for even two people to handle, if you had a big gang coming over, if you did that ham and then Anna's Butter Tart oh. Buffet, put and out some rolls and mustard that's and easy. let them figure it people out. People know what it's, to do.
2: People know what it's to do. It's actually a good
5: way to weed out your, your crowd if... if if your people don't know how to assemble a ham sandwich when there's a knife, buns, and mustard in front of them, maybe they shouldn't be invited yeah, back Yeah, we can't be
2: friends. <laughs> Absolutely, I agree with that. Now, Anna and I met on a trip to Spain. Mm-hmm. We had a wonderful time, and I understand you're taking a group to Spain.
4: When is that, and how can we get on that trip? Well, we are hosting a seven-day culinary tour um, to Andalusia. Three nights in Seville, to Cordoba, to Granada, and it's all themed around foods. We have a, a friend, um, family, friends that uh, run a hamon facility up in the Sierra Nevadas, and so this is. I'm uh, in. it's a, it's <laughs> exactly. a small group. We only take um, we book seven rooms plus ourselves. We want to keep it small so we can get into the good restaurants and take a small bus because you know how small those city streets are. Yes. (laughs) Um, So the best way to find information is to go to my own Facebook page uh, and there you'll see the event. So it's May 3rd to the 11th. I think we only have two two room for two couples left.
5: So, Mm -hmm and Tony's thinking about hamon and, yeah. mm, and olives yes. and Tony can we be of a of couple and, chico, and go on that
4: sherry
2: yeah. 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 and I and know on. it's such a yeah. wonderful yeah. Palo country Paulo Cortado for food.
1: yeah i have oh, it yeah. it's all good Uh, it's so great to catch up with you living high off the hog and uh, set for the holidays available in uh, bookstores everywhere Uh, as you say go and have a look at them and then order them online you have to lug them around I like that or
5: support your local bookseller exactly Mm -hmm. that's good they need to buy ham too
1: or Or sometimes I just ship them directly to my friends so I don't have to wrap them (laughs) because I'm a pretty busy guy you know yeah uh, but, uh, thanks for dropping by today. It's great to see you in Vancouver. Uh, did you, are you the stained glass cookie person? Uh,
4: I do make them, yes. Yeah. yeah. I
1: I was watching that the other day. Oh, okay. And, uh, I was mesmerized by the, uh, the, the little, uh, Flower buds or whatever the that, window that, panes that have to dry. first yeah. so I was thinking I want to eat that. Now I got to wait till they get hard or something, and I'm going. <laughs> what oh you didn't man. see is
4: how I cracked the corner of my cooktop when I was playing with that smashing recipe at home, the candies. smashing the candy. Oh
2: wow. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. Not with that meat cleaver that yeah. you talk about in your book. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that yeah. was it. Oh wow! <laughs> right a lot of on. weapons there.
1: <laughs> You'll see these pair on uh, on the Food Network. They're all over the place. Thanks so much. Uh, have a great holiday season. You Thank too. Thank you so
5: much. Great to see you.
1: Yeah, Anna olson and michael olson uh, still more to come on the best of food and wine our old friend david Lawson joins us to talk about canada's great kitchen party it wraps up in Kelowna next week there's more to come this is the bc food and
0: wine radio network presented in part by wines of british columbia at save on foods
3: the bc wine industry is all about people People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards, plus there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine.
4: Changes in the air at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery, and they couldn't be happier. Their new wine experience center is currently on schedule for completion later this year, featuring completely rejuvenated vineyards for even better vintages. In the meantime, during the ongoing changes, Mount Boucherie's wine shop will still be open daily from 11 till 5 for tastings. And if you can't come to the mountain, let the mountain come to you. Visit them online at mtboucherie.com. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Our roots run deep.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest uh, has been on the show many times David Lorison, a respected Canadian wine writer and commentator. Uh, but it's not all wine for Dave. Sometimes it's a uh, party on as well. Uh, he's uh, a member of Canada's Great Canadian Kitchen Party, which, uh, well, I'll let David tell you a bit about it. Dave, uh, you're coming to Kelowna this week, which wraps up uh, quite a large tour, or long tour.
6: Yeah, that's that's right, Tony. Uh, thanks for having me on. The, um, the, the Kelowna event on Friday night is the last of the regional qualifiers for the Canadian Culinary Championship, so we've actually been... Now, in ten other cities across Canada, since the beginning of October, uh, staging these chef competitions, and in each city, you know the local community nominates chefs to go into the competition. Uh, and then we have this big event and the public gets to come in and, and taste around the chef stations. And meanwhile, there are panels of professional judges, food judges mm-hmm. uh, at each event. And they pick a winner in each city. And that winner goes on to the Canadian Culinary Championships, which will be moving to Ottawa this year. It was in Kelowna for 10 years, actually. Yeah. So we're going to the nation's capital. And we think that's, that's really fitting, and um, that's coming up the first weekend of February.
1: Wow. Oh. And there, there's a wine component, too, right, at, at each of these events?
6: Yes. Yeah, there is. And so I'm, I'm the national wine advisor to this program, and, and it was formerly gold medal plates, and maybe we can talk about that in a minute. But, sure. um, yeah, so I'm the, the national wine advisor, and we only use Canadian wines. Mm-hmm. And I was brought in because that was the goal of this. Uh, it's all about Canadian athletes and musicians and chefs, so it's a, an all-Canadian program. And I help chefs line up wineries. I get wines donated to the uh, to the events, uh, and it's actually turned out to be the largest consumer showcase for Canadian wine in the country. So we're hitting over 4,000 people every year with Canadian wine.
2: Wow! And you also have beer and spirits.
6: Yes, there are beer and spirit components. Yeah, there's a a beer showcase, uh, sort of a new brewery showcase in each city, and and usually local distillers are involved as well.
2: Mm. I'm very impressed with your sponsors. You've got two national wine sponsors.
6: Yes, we do. Yeah, This year, uh, Mission Hill Family Estate stepped up. Um, They've actually donated wines in eight cities from coast to coast. Uh, Andrew Peller has been involved uh, in several cities as well. And uh, overall, you know, the chefs have to kind of go out and, and find their own spon- wine sponsors as well because the matching of the food and wine is part of what they're marked on. Right. So we leave that up to them. Uh, and so. But in the end, you know, this year we'll probably have donations from about 80 different uh, wine uh, beer winers, producers yeah. in the country. Wow. Yeah.
1: We're speaking with David Laurison about the Great Canadian Kitchen Party. Uh, Dave, this this morphed from the gold medal plates, uh, which was a fundraiser specifically for Olympic athletes. Now uh, the money is going uh, to other causes. Can you explain a bit about where, how that's working now?
6: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So we, we changed. It was gold medal plates uh, last year, 2018. It became Canada's Great Kitchen Party. Um, the Olympic uh, Canadian Olympic Committee is, is no longer the beneficiary. Uh, we decided that, you know, we're involved with so many things with music and food and uh, that we wanted to sort of spread out um, the money.
1: Yeah. So we
6: have three national sponsors. One's called B210, which is an organization that helps high-performance athletes uh, funding for, for training. Uh, another one is um, Music Counts, which puts music instruments into uh, local schools. Beautiful. And the, then there's a, uh, Community Food Centres Canada. Takes um, kids into um, into programs with professional chefs. To
1: mm-hmm. Start
6: start to talk about nutrition and all those good things.
1: You uh, so, recent you you recently wrote, Dave, uh, a nice piece about uh, British Columbia wine and Canadian wine on uh, on the Wine Align blog. Uh, it was really an interesting piece about where we're at and where we're headed with wine. Yeah,
7: yeah,
6: yeah. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, I really felt it was time for for this to be written about more, and it was largely written for an Ontario audience because we have such a hard time uh, getting you know a lot of BC wine here. Yeah, hopefully that's going to change in the next year or two. But I really felt that you know Ontario consumers needed to know what was going on, so I tried to give that uh, that overview, and, and it really is exciting. I mean,
1: I love your optimism. I mean, I I just love your yeah. optimism Dave about things changing with these monopolies. Uh, the only thing changing is the prices going up every day and uh, yeah. Yeah. we're paying more and well, more. Well,
6: no, just just no. I just read a, a memo actually. There's a there's a major um a major sort of shift in uh, or change in alcohol uh, legislation happening in Ontario in January mm-hmm. as a result of the new, uh, you know, conservative government here. So I am quite optimistic that uh, things will change, and they're they're rewriting a lot of the legislation to allow expansion of retail.
1: Well, good for them. Uh, they, yeah. It's about time they caught up. About time, yeah. No kidding.
6: <laughs>
2: so, Dave, tell us how we can go to this uh, great Canadian kitchen party well, in Kelowna. There's, there's
6: only,
1: four, only 48
6: hours left to buy a ticket, but uh, so it is Friday night at 6.15 at the uh, Delta Grand in uh, Kelowna. Uh, you go to the uh, website... Uh, great Canadian, or sorry, dot great great com. Yep, GreatKitchenParty dot com, and you can purchase tickets there. Uh, they're not uh, they're not cheap. It's three hundred dollars a head, but again, at least half of that money is going to the charities.
1: Yeah, and uh, and and when you attend, so you get to go around and taste. Uh, how many people will be competing, uh, uh, for instance, in this night?
6: I, th- I think there are eight chefs. Yeah, in, uh, in Kelowna. Right. Yeah. So there's the the competition portion, which goes for two hours. And then that shuts down, and everyone moves into an adjacent sit-down area for um, the for entertainment. We've got Jim Cuddy there. Uh, Neil, uh, Neil Osborne from 5440 is playing. Mm. So there's about six musicians playing. Uh, we have uh, live auction stuff and then the awards. And it's wow. at Great the
2: uh, Grand Okanagan Resort, which is now – it's a Delta Hotel uh, no, by Del-
6: Marriott. Yeah, Del- Delta Great. yes. Yeah.
1: Okay,
6: yeah, thanks for the phone, <laughs> name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dave, uh, of course, the holiday season's coming up, and we didn't really discuss this, but what, what would be on your uh, sort of Canadian taste list for the holiday season? There's a couple of wines that you would recommend people uh, explore over the holidays, maybe serving uh, just, f- you know, when guests drop by, that sort of thing.
6: Wow, okay. Well, I would right away, I mean, what le- leapt to mind was sparkling wine. We're yeah. in Canada is doing some fantastic sparkling wine. So, you know, from Nova Scotia through... Niagara, Prince Edward County, and the Okanagan and Vancouver Mm -hmm. Island. So for that kind of entertaining thing, I mean, I would just forget the champagne this year and, and, and start to experiment with some really good Canadian sparkling wines, whether they're the more expensive traditional method or even sort of less expensive Charmats. You know, they're yeah. doing a really good job with that category.
1: Uh, I have to yeah. tell you, I'm drinking the Seven Stars Polaris from Township 7 right now uh, in the studio. Wow. And it's yep. a sliding down really fine, a Blanc de Blanc Chardonnay, uh, which was uh, just won a big award in London.
2: It did. The best Canadian sparkling wine at the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championships in wow. London, England. Wow. Pretty amazing. Yeah. And that's no. the Township 7 Polaris 2016.
6: Okay, yeah. Canadian sparkers continue to do it. Uh, and the other thing I would do, I mean, my my traditional holiday, you know, or uh, you know, uh, uh, Christmas bird uh, match is Pinot Noir. I mean, you have turkey and cranberry sauce. I like I like turkey with Canadian Pinot. So, whether it's from you know uh, the Okanagan or in and around Okanagan Falls, I mean, Blue Mountains put out a great new series of, of very terroir driven wines. There's lots of great Pinots that I would go to from
0: yeah. to
1: BC. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a great year, Dave, and uh, we we look forward to seeing you because the 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 you and I will celebrate the twentieth National That's Wine right. Awards uh, next spring, and they'll be coming to Penticton, British Columbia. So it's going to be an exciting week. Uh, probably be, be the largest number of entries ever, and uh,
6: yeah, I I suspect so. Yeah.
1: We'll probably be expanding a few judges. It's going to be a great long uh, week to uh, celebrate the best in wine. And really, I don't know, Dave, maybe this is the one where we go out on top. Yeah. <laughs> have you thought about that? Yeah. <laughs> I've, <no>. been shocking. <laughs> I, I've been shocking you today. Yeah. No, it's going to be yeah, fun yeah. to see you there and uh, to try all these wines from across Canada. I think people have finally bought into our own national uh, competition, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah,
6: I, I think so, too.
1: Absolutely. Dave, uh, thanks for joining us today on the show. Uh, Good luck in Kelowna, the the big uh, Great Canadian Kitchen Party. That runs uh, Friday night, November 15th. You can buy your ticket at greatkitchenparty.com. See you soon, Dave.
6: Perfect. Thank you very much, Tony. Great, Casey. Nice to talk to you.
1: Thank you. Plenty more to come here on the show. As mentioned, uh, we've been talking about this 2016 Seven Stars Polaris Sparkling Wine. We're going to catch up with Mary McDermott. She made the wine from Township 7. She's up next on the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines
0: of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Culmina Family Estate Winery
3: reminds you that it's time to join the 2019 Fellowship and reap the rewards. Culmina's Fellowship not only brings people together through their love of Culmina wines, it also features exclusive benefits only available to members, like access to the number series, Culmina's small lot program, as well as unreleased library and rare wines from their portfolio. For details, visit culmina.ca. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines
1: of excellence through the blending of art and science. Hi, this is Duncan from Hillside Winery and Bistro. I invite you to experience the finest that Naramata Bench has to offer. Terroir to table cuisine, and crafted wines made exclusively from Naramata-grown grapes. Delight your senses as you sit back, slow down, and savor our locally inspired food and wine. Enjoy a fresh take on dining with the Bistro's new shared plate menu. Come discover and taste the difference at Hillside Winery and Bistro, located in the heart of the Naramata Bench, just minutes from Penticton.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
2: Little did I know I'm a champion, I'm a champion.
1: Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're traveling out to Township 7 Winery. Of course, they have two properties, one in the Okanagan and one in Langley, to catch up with winemaker Mary McDermott, who's very busy. When she's not winning awards, she's trying to finish the harvest. How are you, Mary?
7: I'm doing really well. Thank you, Tony. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's been uh, I, I, I like to say it's been a challenging harvest but I haven't done anything I haven't even picked a single grape but uh, what can you tell us you've been working in both both places how can you describe this harvest
7: uh, absolutely uh, yeah I would say that you are correct in saying it was challenging you know with all the rain that we had in September mm-hmm. um, we're not really used to that here and so uh, definitely there was, some disease pressure uh, that elevated everybody. And we also had cooler weather, so that finish that usually helps to increase the sugars at the end was not necessarily happening this
1: year. So uh, maybe a little lower alcohol wines and uh, a smaller production?
7: Yeah, yeah, we definitely took less in. We were, um, our own vineyards did very well for us, uh, but we kind of, had reduced the yields and so on, so we weren't really caught out, and uh, that really helped us, but I know that there was a few other people, but I think you may see that, um, yes, lower alcohol. Um, I don't know about acidity, whether it'll be maintained uh, really well. It seemed to drop at the end uh, for a lot of people, but we have some that are looking quite good, and some of our whites are really uh, quite nice. Super. For well, sure. I'll
2: tell you what's really nice. We've got it in the studio, and we've been giving it to our guests. Congratulations on your Best Canadian Sparkling Wine Award in London for the thank Township you. 7 2016 Polaris.
7: Yeah, thank you very much. It was quite exciting to uh, be recognized by this uh, Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship Award. So and you, I... were,
2: you actually went to London.
7: Yes, uh, it was really nice. I got a treat to go for four days and uh, go to a lovely dinner that they had to uh, recognize all the awards winners, so it was great.
1: Mm. This, uh, By the way, folks, uh, the award uh, that was won uh, was uh, for the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championships in London, England, and and head judge Tom Tom Stevenson, who has been writing about sparkling wine for most of his life, uh, which is fantastic. Gives you an idea of, uh, of the quality of the judging and what went on. So it's uh, it's something you can uh, 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 put up on the wall and say, "Wow, we did that," which I love. But it's part of a program. Now you've been working on sparkling wine for the last uh, several years now, building a program at Township Seven. Uh, this has got to be a nice uh, a nice kudo in the middle of this this uh, this build.
7: Yeah, I uh, we've uh, got. Uh program called Seven Stars, and it's a family of sparkling traditional method sparkling wines that Mm -hmm. we've uh, been producing. So it is really nice. Uh, The Polaris was kind of our original, and it's a Blanc de Blanc, so made 100% Chardonnay. And then we've got a couple other things on the go. Of course, sparkling wine takes a very long time to make, so we've got a few other things that will be coming out in years to come. But uh, yes, it is very exciting.
1: And you're a bit of a you're a fan of aging sparkling wine uh, before you release it. So uh, I, I think what we're going to see from you uh, later on are some uh, well aged sparkling wines.
7: Yes, I do like to uh, first of all leave it on lees a little bit longer, yeah. so that uh, entourage time. And uh, we've got some that'll come out after five or six years. And then it really makes a difference if you're able once you. Uh, disgorged to keep it for some time to before releasing it because yeah. it makes quite a difference to for, the complexity and development.
1: Yeah, for those who don't know, one of the reasons why you would re-ferment a wine like a sparkling wine in the uh, champagne method, it's it's re-fermented inside the bottle, and uh, so like any fermentation, there's spent yeast. Uh, that drops down in the bottle, but it, it it stays on in the bottle. Can you tell us what happens? What, what, why is it so important to have that that spent yeast, I hope I have that right, or lees on the bottom of the bottle, and what does it do for the wine?
7: Yeah. So those yeast cells just are kept in the bottle uh, under crown cap, and what happens is it adds a, quite a complexity to the wine. It'll develop these... Uh, as the term is called autolytic character, but the, yeah. the best way to describe it is like that uh, a brioche kind of aromatics developed and a roundness to the wine because mm-hmm. sparkling wine does start out quite acidic. So we're adding some body and texture to the wine yeah. uh, by using that process.
1: We're speaking with Mary McDermott, she's the winemaker at uh, Township 7.
2: Mary, I am impressed that you can get the owners of the winery to fund this program of yours for sparkling wine because number one it costs a lot more um money to make sparkling wine and then when you're selling it how do, how does that happen?
7: Well, um Uh, The owners have been fantastic and they understand uh, what these quality wines are all about and that's what they're interested in producing. So the owners of Township 7 have been very supportive of this program um, and we're very excited about the awards. So we do have, you know, some challenges with cellaring and and so on, but uh, our program's not tremendously huge at this point, so we still are not uh, that big, but of course it is something that's a more of a luxury product that we're trying to produce.
1: Yeah, so this, this wine, which is a, it's 100% Chardonnay, is the Chardonnay, because people are asking me, is it from the Okanagan or Langley or a blend or wh- how, how, wh- where does it come from?
7: It's from the Okanagan, so it comes from two vineyard sites. Uh, one of them is our Naramata site, And uh, the other one is up. uh, It's from Hidden Terrace, which is a Keller Estates property.
1: Sure.
7: So uh, the beauty of the Chardonnay that we're picking is that we pick it at lower sugars and that nice acidity. But it seems that the physiological ripeness comes. Uh, very early from both of these sites. So it's, it's very ripe and round, even though the sugars are not high and the acidity is m- maintained. Mm-hmm.
1: So when, when you're done, what will the program look like? You'll have this wine, you you have other wines now under under the uh, uh, the Stars label, is that correct?
7: Yes. So under the Seven Stars label, we have uh, the Polaris, which is the Blanc the Blanc. We have uh, Equinox, which is our rose sparkling, it's a hundred percent Pinot Noir. Yeah, um, we have an Eclipse, which is also a blanc de blanc, and what it was is just a dosage trial, so a little bit of a f- different finish to it. Yep. And uh, we've been making some aromatics, so we have a Viognier sparkling that I don't have a name for yet, Riesling sparkling. Oh <laughs> and wow! We have a Langley Estate. Sparkling, which was uh, going to be called Sirius, uh, so Seven Stars Sirius.
1: Wow! So that's that's quite a
2: program.
7: <laughs> yeah,
2: Mary. What do you like to eat with the Township Seven Polaris?
7: Uh, everything.
2: <laughs> I know it, it does
7: go with everything. I uh, I I often have uh, some really nice cheeses with it. I sometimes just have it on its own. I like it to have it with uh, seafood. We had some scallops and shrimp that my husband grilled the other night when we tried uh, the new vintage of Polaris, so it went very well with that. And uh, it's really a food-friendly wine. It's not just celebration, which you can also do, but it really goes nicely with food.
1: Well, we're pretty impressed with this uh, Blanc de Blanc, and in fact, the whole program. So I hope it uh, uh, they stick with it. I guess with this award, it helps you at budget time uh, when you're sitting down, saying, "Well, look at what we're doing. We're we're heading in the right direction." Uh, how can we buy this wine? Is is it still available? Is it all sold out? What what's going on with supply?
7: It's still available, and it's uh, through the winery. Directly. Okay,
1: so order it online is the best way to get it, or uh, or check it Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic.
7: You can either come in and taste it, or you can order it online if you can't get to one of our locations.
1: Yeah. So we're talking about the Township 7, 2016, Seven Stars Polaris. It's uh, 100% Chardonnay or Blanc de Blanc and uh, still widely available uh, uh, through the winery. So just get online and uh, check it out there. Mary, thanks so much. To, I know you got to get back and finish the finish the vintage. Will you be done soon?
7: Yes, we have one more press. I'm actually just pausing, filling the press to talk to you, but uh, we have one more press, and then we're all finished pressing.
1: Okay, we'll let you get back to it. Uh, So you can get off to Hawaii. I'm sure they're going to send you there after you won this big award.
7: Oh, perfect. (laughs) That would be great.
1: (laughs) Mary McDermott, thanks so much for joining us today on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, and congratulations on your award in London for the Seven Stars Polaris 2016 Sparkler.
7: Great. Thank you for having me. Uh, Our pleasure.
1: Catch up soon. Bye. That's it for today's show. Uh, Remember, you can now listen to us on iTunes. Just go to the iTunes store and enter BC Food and Wine, and our podcast will come up uh casey have a great weekend are you going to take it easy or are you going running or
2: i'm going to whistler you're going to
1: whistler right on you're going to whistler to judge at the the big event
2: yes the world oyster championships and the caesar bloody caesar battle and are you tasting every caesar every caesar do you spit or no you do not spit
1: oh that's uh, my kind of judging exactly we can we can't do that in the wine i know i'm going to suggest that you don't
2: dare do that
1: Okay, have fun. We'll see you next week uh, when you report back. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Have a great weekend.
0: That's it for today's show. Tune in again
1: next week for Anthony
0: Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.